The following is an encore presentation of Exploring Missions. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You have probably heard the phrase, do I, or question really, do I stay or do I go? <laughs> That's a good mission question to ask. Do I stay or do I go? Not whether or not you're doing mission or on mission, it's just do I stay or do I go? Or even both, possibly. Or do both. Uh, <laughs> this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. And uh, it's our joy to co-host this program that we feel like God has just ordained for American Family Radio to share with others about God's mission. Uh, we have a mission statement at AFR. And uh, you might need to have a mission statement uh, for you and, and your life and uh, ours, the last part of it is aid the church in carrying out the Great Commission, both home and abroad. And because of Internet, because of the radio, uh, we're able to share in that mission here on this program. And that's our desire today. Nathan, we're talking about the question is good. Do I stay or do I go or do I do both? And uh, so we want to look at that. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh Blooming where you're planted, we're talking about being mobile. I've noticed this. Every great man of God that's mentioned in the Bible, and and the some women have been mobile. Yes. Abraham, the first one that God called out, was very mobile. David, even although he built a palace, he was mobile in what he could do. Moses certainly was mobile. So and so you don't you dig your roots and you 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 plant yourself there but it shouldn't uproot your life completely if God gets you ready to go somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look like you mentioned through the through the Bible uh from Genesis all the way through, uh you'll find people that were called by God to do something for a specific task and every time God calls them he would, they would change their location in some way, uh, maybe you know a large in a large way, in, a, in many many miles separated uh, them from wherever their home was. Mm-hmm. Others, it might be a smaller kind of a trip, but God's call usually come coming along with that is some sort of change. It's got to be willingness. That's right. Now, I sometimes it's more difficult to stay than it is to go. That's correct. And uh, I think I've experienced that in my life. I've experienced the other. But what you want to do is walk with God. And one of the greatest testimonies there is in the Bible is Enoch. He walked with God. And uh, so we that's what exploring missions is about, not just to open your eyes around you to see what God wants you to do, but it's the very idea of, of just looking and seeing and, and walking with him. And I if you walk with God, you're going to be on mission, aren't you? It is. You you will be. And, you know, wherever God 
is working, um, when you notice that, that's an invitation for you to join him in that. Um, and it could be literally across the street, down the road from you. It could be in your own home. It could be um, associated with your your own local church. It might it might be something more involved in that. It might be actually literally moving overseas where you see God working and him inviting you to, to join him. So um, it's a journey. And, you know, Paul's not the only one who went on mission journeys. We all are, if we're obedient and following Christ, we'll be on our own mission journey. Um, the miles between doesn't really matter. It's that faithfulness to, to follow and walk with Christ. Looking at Paul and just giving a quick synopsis before we get into the five practices uh, where that you should be a part of your life uh, no matter what mission field you're on. Right. Let's say that no matter what mission field you're on, you're on one. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he got saved. Uh, I know he spent three years in Arabia, uh, but, and he made his visits to Jerusalem, but then he went back to Troas and Barnabas came and got him in Tarsus. In, yep. in Tarsus. And, uh, he, he went to Antioch and his life really turned upside down in the church at Antioch. Yeah. Usually, don't you? I've seen that a, a church, a ministry, an experience where the your the trajectory of your life is completely changed, and Paul's trajectory of his life completely changed at the church at Antioch. It did, and you know the faithfulness of the of the believers there. I'm sure had an impact on his life. We know Barnabas uh, mentoring and discipling Paul had a, an impact in Paul's life. Just the prayers of the saints and the and the believers there. Um, that's it, when you read in Acts and you see Paul's uh, and Barnabas being sent out by the church in Antioch. It was through their praying and fasting that God spoke and and said, you know, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. It just hit me. I've I've never had this thought before. Don't you want to be a part of a church like that? that yes. That changes the world. Antioch changed the world through Barnabas. And Paul and Silas, mm-hmm. I mean, the world was literally changed. That's right. And it started that that time period that he was at Antioch. That's right. Okay, he leaves Antioch. They go on the first missionary journey. It's experiential, but he, he develops a strategy of going to the churches and uh, preaching the gospel, training leaders, uh, leaving someone, hopefully, uh, as a leader, and then communicating with them, either visiting them, yeah, coming back by, coming back by, mm-hmm. and then writing. I think he wrote letters, probably to all of them. Yeah. And the ones we have are the ones that God said, "Yes, this is this is what we need, and what we need in the in the New Testament canon." I, that's how I right. feel. And he'd come back, and they would go to Jerusalem to tell them about all the the Gentiles that had been saved. That was miraculous. Right. They had to they had to iron through some of those. That really, it was doctrinal for them, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. Uh, it was doctrine, and and then from that, um, leading to practice. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he made several trips, you know, to Jerusalem and Antioch, back reporting and and sharing what God, what he's seen God do as he's out on the road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've always wondered if you took a just a random date in Paul's life and could kind of. Go back and see it and just watch it and observe, you know, what were the more than likely you'd probably catch him on the road. You know, you'd probably catch him <laughs> traveling, in jail, in jail <laughs> traveling. Um, you know, he didn't stay 
in one place three, for very long. Three years was the longest we have him in Ephesus. That's right. Yeah. And Ephesus was so because it was such a strategy uh, location. Yeah. Uh, from there, you mm-hmm. see uh, all people being trained coming and going out. Yeah. And uh, that's the reason he went on a second missionary journey. Uh, the it was double. Barnabas and John Mark went, and then. Paul and Silas went, and that's when they heard the Macedonian call. Changed the world. Uh, there yeah. it again. Antioch changed the world, and now the Macedonian call changes the world. Yeah, because up until that point, they were just in uh, Asia, really modern-day Turkey area, Mediterranean. Um, and here they're going to—God's plan was to see the gospel taken into Europe, uh, into into what we call Greece these days. So— um, yeah, I mean, God's plans are always, he's always ahead of us, you know, several steps. <laughs> we, need to, we need to follow him, don't we? That's right. The worst thing is getting getting ahead of God, I, I'm telling you. But yeah. you want to walk with him, but he, his plans are beyond ours. He goes back uh, to Antioch, gives a report, uh, takes some collections, and on his third missionary, he goes out, he collects a lot of money to take back to the saints who are at Jerusalem right, because yeah. they were— they were in dire need. Going through famine. They really were. And so, and that's where they accuse him of going into the temple and desecrating the temple because he brought some Gentiles back with him <laughs> to, to Jerusalem. And uh, they, they just took that opportunity, falsely accusing him the way they did Jesus. And uh, <clears throat> they bring him before the, the hierarchy uh, and found out he's a Roman citizen. So they got to take him to Rome. Yeah. And he doesn't waste the journey that the government paid for that one, did they? That's right. And he uh, shipwreck in the in the process and all kinds of adventures. And uh, he goes and has a house arrest. And I, I love the way the book of Acts, it's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. The, the gospel was unhindered. And uh, that's the reason I do so much work here at AFR is in America, we want an unhindered gospel. And that's the reason we fight for religious liberty. An unhindered gospel is so important. And uh, he probably is released, and never, most folks think he may have gone to Spain. Yeah, I know he wanted to, and uh, yeah. I believe he, he, I believe he, he, made it, he made it there. And then he's arrested again and brought back. And according to Second Timothy, it was probably a, a very uh, harsh arrest. And this time he's probably under not house arrest, but in, a, in some kind of chains. And uh, so that's where we see Paul. He made the most of everything God gave him. And so with that in mind, we're asking, where's your mission field? There were men there listed in Antioch, and he called Barnabas and and, uh, Paul out. But it seems like the others may have stayed. That doesn't mean they didn't do anything. Uh, God, God had, I believe he had them to stay. And then in certain of the churches that he would find uh, found, he left people there to stay to carry out the Great Commission, didn't he? Yeah, that, that's correct. And, you know, there's – you could have, I would say, a couple of different, um, I think, healthy and good mindsets about, about answering the question, where is my mission field? Where am I called to serve and, and make disciples? Um, one mindset might be – um, well, I'm I'm going to stay where God has placed me now, and I'm going to bloom where I'm planted, and that's my default position. And then, as long as I'm walking with the Lord and obey, obeying Him, if He wants to lead me somewhere else, I'll be obedient, obedient there mm-hmm. and go there. 
So that's one way, and that, I think that's, that's good. Another way might be, if some of you might remember who Keith Green was, I think this was his, uh, this was his, uh, his mindset, was you're going to go, plan on going somewhere until you get a no. You know, so you're going to your default is actually to leave and go overseas or somewhere where the gospel needs to go. And if God wants it doesn't want you to go there, he can he can keep you where you're where you are. But you're on mission for God. That's the point. You're going to be on mission wherever you are. Well, Nathan, I want you to lead lead us through this. And I I just want to share with you. I ask you to do a study and uh, you brought this to me. And I this is not the last time I'm going to use it just on the radio. But take us through the five practices of where is my mission field. Yeah, so we might ask, where is my mission field? And right from the get-go, it might be better to change the question. Instead of asking where, we might should ask who. Who am I called to instead of where am I called? Um, Because here's the thing, making disciples does not depend on the place. It's not location dependent. Um, It could be done anywhere, and it should be done everywhere. Uh, see, making disciples is really about people. And so all of us know people. Whether we've been to a place or can get to a place or not, we still know people. And many of the people around us are, you know, of course, without a relationship with God. There's some who haven't even had a clear, understandable message of the gospel of Jesus shared with them. And some of us, in fact, probably most of us, without realizing it, um, have neighbors uh, in your own community, maybe even our own neighborhoods, uh, who represent an entire people who are considered unreached. Uh, they don't have real and ready access to the gospel. And so even there, um, you're answering the question, who am I called to share the gospel with? Well, at least your neighbors and at least those people that God shows you. But here's five practices. I want to give you five practices to help you kind of discover as you walk with the Lord, where he can show you where he's working, how you can join him in that. And so, um, yeah, no matter the place, we can engage in these five exercises, these five practices. So the first one probably is the hardest. Um, It is simply to love. Uh, We want to love people. And that's easy to say, and it's really, really hard to put into practice Um, because that assumes, one, you're going to know the people. Uh, or get to know the people, um, and it, you know, it, it's God working in you to do that. So the first thing you really want to do is ask God to love people through through you. If if you don't love them, they pick up on it. And I've been guilty of this, of pastoring and having a visitation program. Quote: Getting a name, going knocking on the door, and presenting the gospel message to them. And honestly, I, I was faithful in doing that and trying to do it, but I, I tried to put myself in the place of the person that I was talking to, and I came away saying it sounds like more of a sales pitch than it does a real-life yeah. desire. And I, that doesn't mean I don't need to go, but it, needs, it does mean I've, I've got to get my heart right, yeah. love God, and then love others. That's right, going to them out of love. You know, if you skip that a step of of asking God to love people through you, giving you a heart for the people, um, if you skip that, then people become projects, you know? Um, And and like you said, that gospel message becomes that sales pitch. 
Um, and the best you can do at that point is make a convert. You know, you, they might convert to follow Jesus. And, but, you know, here's the thing. We've never been called. We've never been told to make converts. Um, that's God's business. That's what God does. Um, you won't, if without love, you won't be able to disciple someone, which is what we actually are called to do. Nathan, I'm sharing that with you, and I've actually, uh, we were practicing a, uh, a witnessing program, and they had certain questions and certain things you were to do, and there was more than just the church where I was pastoring that was using this format, and two or three churches had gotten the same uh, program, and I happened to be the third person <laughs> that presented this program to a family. Okay. And they said, man, we've heard this before. Yeah, they knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. <laughs> it made no impression on them at that point in time, I pray. But it, it did teach me, you know, be careful about your uh, presentations and it being a patterned one. doesn't mean you don't ask questions right. and use some of them, but uh, be ready if, if they say, man, I've heard this before. You know, they were here before. And say, try to have an answer saying, yeah, yes, I'm learning how to do it, but Jesus is more important than the, than the program. Yeah. And uh, so I, I agree with you. First practice is love. Yeah. Second, building on to that, um, what you want to do is, is make a list. Okay. You want to list names of people. Um, and this can actually be kind of fun. Um, it's fun for me because I like to make lists. My wife kind of makes fun of me. Because I have to you have inherit, a list for everything. You inherited that. I hate to say. <laughs> um, I like to do lists because you know you get to check everything off. But um, I get lost without without a list. But this list is going to help guide you to in prayer, um, and and probably encourage you to take action. So what you want to here's what you're going to make a list about. You're going to list names of people, um, and you could really think of anybody to start with, uh, but to help kind of you know, shape your list. You want to think of people that are friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. And if you make that an acrostic, it would be Fran, F-R-A-N. So you could even take a piece of paper and divide it into four quadrants. One side, one section would be for friends. And so you want to make a list of maybe four or five friends. And then relatives, think of four or five relatives on the other side. And then the, the other two would be Associates, maybe people you work with, uh, people that your children go to school with, um, just people that you associate with on a regular basis. And then neighbors. And that might be the hardest one of all because a lot of us don't even know our neighbors. Uh, well, you might wave at them from the driveway, but uh, it, this is challenging because it, it, it it's going to force you to get to know some people. So um, if you could come up with a total list of you know 15 to 20 people, that's a, good, that's a really good start. And then... And then um, those people that you're listing, some of them are going to be without a relationship with God. Uh, maybe they haven't heard a, a really solid, uh, clear gospel message. Um, and so you want to be praying for the people on your list by name on a regular basis. In fact, I would say pray daily for these people. And if, it, if you, if you want to narrow it down to like one, two, three people, that you start out with, that would be fine. Uh, but on this list, you're going to ask, who can I start sharing the gospel with? You know, and ask God to lead you there. And which ones, 
that are already believers that you can actually get them to go with you in sharing the gospel. Partner. And you can even make, you know, you can get your friends to make their own lists and you can go with each other in, uh, in sharing the gospel two by two or, or three of you together. Because here's the thing, from here on out, you're going to need partners. You, you can't do it on your own. So first thing we want to do is love people. Second, we want to make a list. Third practice, uh, this is helping us know where our mission field is. Uh, third thing you want to do is locate. Okay, What that means is you're going to identify people, individuals, but also groups of people. And not, not only identify them, but make a priority list, like prioritize them of who you, who you want to start focusing on. Um, and you make that, that prioritization, you prioritize it based on a couple things, need and access. In other words, who needs to hear the gospel and do they have access to it or not? And if, the, if they don't have access and they have a high need to hear it, then that's probably your first priority, those people need to hear the gospel. So you do you do prioritize this. And yeah, and, and all this is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, it's not just, you know, you, you're not weighing out options. You're, you're making a strategic plan. God is not opposed to strategy. He's not opposed to planning. He will guide you in those things as you, as you prayerfully, um, yeah, as you prayerfully locate who you're going to be working with. So here's, here's a good idea. Go on a prayer walk. Maybe start out in your own neighborhood. Or if you've already identified a neighborhood where you want to be working, go with your partner and do a prayer walk. Um, walk through and, you know, pray for the people that you, that you uh, meet. Share with people that you, you get, maybe you get to talk to people. If not, ask God to open your eyes to see where the needs are and, and who's living there. Um, I would also encourage you to maybe strategically branch out and try to find cross-cultural opportunities. Um, Find a neighborhood that maybe has people from a different ethnic background or culture. Um, hang out at an ethnic restaurant or, or shop or market or something. And take note of anything that God shows you, people that you meet or any significant experience that happens. Um, if you ask God to lead you to someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus, don't you think he's going to do that? <clears throat> he sure did do it for the Ethiopian eunuch and even sure. brought— you know, Philip on the way. He'll yeah. do it. It'd be neat to be the Philip to somebody. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to love people. We're going to list, and we're going to locate where God's working. And then the fourth, we're going to look, okay? We're going to look a little closer, a little deeper. So you're going to discover a person of peace from when, within uh, that group that you're working with. And the only way to really find someone who's a, what would be called a person of peace is to share the gospel with them. And based on their response, if they want to hear more, if they're open to hearing the gospel, maybe they're, they're ready to follow Jesus and, and trust him. That may be the bridge to more. That's exactly right. That's the key to reaching the whole group, not just an individual from that group. A it could be a family. It could be a family. It could be multiple families. It could be a whole neighborhood, apartment complex. It could be a, a community of people that are similar to this person. And so now— it's, it's not easy because you're going to, as you share the gospel, you're going to encounter barriers, opposition, maybe even rejection. But God's, God has promised that his word is not going to return void, and it's going to bear fruit. So keep persevering through that, and you're looking for people who are receptive and eager to hear the gospel. 
Um, spend time when you find with that person. Spend time with them, lots of time. Sharing the Bible stories, explaining the gospel, praying for them. Uh, just make much of Jesus. They usually them. pass it on. It does get passed on. And so look for that person of peace. And finally, our fifth practice, and this undergirds everything. This goes along with every step we take. If, if God's going to show us where we can begin making disciples and who we should be reaching out to and even how to do it, well, we're going to have to listen. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. See, no formula or plan really works. That's what I was talking yeah. about when I tried to present it. Exactly. Yeah. God works, though. God works. And so just follow him. He can even work through that. Uh, yeah, so. he can. He does many times. Yeah. Uh, but he, you won't know it if you're not listening. Right. And so just be listening in prayer. Often he works through that plan or pattern, but he, sometimes he does things new and surprising. So pray continually. Learn to listen to the Lord. Follow his leadership. Also get wisdom and confirmation from your partners. Remember, you're not doing this alone. They will help you as well. God will speak to you through them. That's some accountability and yes. some uh, guidance, both. Yeah. And, and encouragement. And, yeah. Um, you know, if you're both afraid, you're probably going to be less afraid. Yeah. Uh, if you're afraid by yourself, there's nobody you can lean on. <laughs> uh, so, and I would also say along with this, stay in the Bible. Amen. Uh, don't deviate from God's word. Always, as you listen to God, he's going to speak to you through his word. Stay on your knees in dependence to him and walk out in obedience and confidence what he's telling you. And those are five mission practices that missionaries are called to do. We just had lunch with a, a couple uh, that are missionaries in China. Uh, you and I did. And you know what they told me? They told us their number one task in China, what, what they're doing there, they're seeking the Lord. And when they come home on furlough, you know what they're doing, their number one task? They're seeking the Lord. And that's what our task is. We're seeking the Lord, and when we see where he's working, let's join him there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Yes. That's what we try to do on Exploring Missions is to open up to you the world uh, that God has before us. And I opened up with, do I stay or do I go? The answer is yes. And, uh, you know, it <laughs> yes, is. Yes, it is. Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Sounds like a song that I used to try to sing, Nathan. But it's so important that we are on mission for God. And you're not praying concerning, oh, Lord, have I been called. You, you're praying, Lord, I have been called. And he equips those that he's called. That's right. And, and you may not be going through a particular class, but in each one of us that's been born again, we have the greatest teacher in all the world, the Holy Spirit. Yes. And Nathan, in your list, you listen to him above all, don't you? Yes. There's no time to not put him first. So here they are. Love, list, locate, look, and listen. Uh, and, and I would say the first one and the last one are priority above it. You better love the people you're trying to reach and then depend upon the Lord. Yes. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio. We pray that God has blessed you, that you've followed him, and that you would follow him all the way to reach the people that God's put around you as you love them in the name of and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you.